right, and we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Well, I'll tell you what, it's uh, the December to remember right now. Didn't start off on a great note. I was I was talking to Laker Tom from Lakerholics.net just recently, and there's a big month coming up. It is prove it or move it time, put up or shut up time. Any cliche you want to throw out there, it is the time right now to go ahead and prove those people wrong that have questioned the Lakers winning ways so far and the fact that they have won virtually all their games against sub-500 teams. Their schedule is much tougher, so Lakers have a lot more tough games on the road ahead, and this is their chance to prove themselves. So I'm hoping they will do that, and I believe that they will do that, and here with me today to help me believe, just like Laker Tom was on our earlier podcast this week, is my good friend. You got to check out what he's doing today at Voice from the Underground, the podcast, when he screams, I mean, talks to his other two great <laughs> friends, Big Haas and also Jason Dutch. You got to check out their awesome podcast today when it covers pop culture, political things, cigars, social awareness everything of that nature you got to go ahead and check out the great conversations today at voice from the underground it is my good friend returning after i tried to go ahead and get them all week long but i realized as soon as thanksgiving was rolling around i realized you know what thanksgiving and black friday at a costco is not the place to be it is my good friend mr tj johnson What's up, right, did you get hit by any one of those 65 inch tvs you know what? I think I still got the bruises from a couple of them, but that's okay. You know what? I'm glad that we were able to get through another holiday season successfully. I've still got all my fingers and toes and digits, and uh, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still smiling. You know, I know the holidays are tough for retail, but uh, you just gotta, you just gotta remember this is what we signed up for, and you know, just give it all to God. We'll be okay. I worked over 15 of them. I know. I know firsthand. I've seen that wave. And this was before all the litigation, all the mistakes that were made by the big department stores. And yep. they realized after people died that maybe they should go ahead and do it in a more organized fashion instead of a free-for-all that was the old days. I was part of the old days and the free-for-all and the people running in as soon as you, you open the doors and just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, people fighting. Uh, you know, it, I tell you what, as a shopper, it's kind of fun when you go ahead and you're in the middle of it, but as someone who's working it, no, it, it's no fun at all. No. And I've, I've been doing retail for 17 years now. So uh, I was there for that too. I was there for the overly aggressive shopping, the, uh, the turbo man doll, all that from jingle all the way. I remember all of that type of stuff, brother. It was a, uh, it got intense, very, very walking dead esque where everybody's just pounding on the glass, trying to get in. And you're like, I'm not open yet. And they're like, let me in. It's a, uh, it's Fighting intense. that old lady for that last pair of socks that is on sale. <laughs> so, yeah. Cabbage Patch Dolls. Do you remember the Cabbage Patch Dolls? We got those back, actually. We had the Cabbage Patch Dolls in Costco uh, just recently. But I'm, I'm talking about the, the first time around. I'm talking about the OG. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I, people yeah. were actually hurting each other for them. <laughs> Wasn't that the Tickle Me Elmo, too? Remember yes. Tickle, Tickle, yes. Tickle yeah. Me Elmo. But I think Cabbage Patch in the 80s was the first time I really realized that Black Friday was a thing. Well, I mean, I was born in 84, so I don't I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, that dates me even further. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. It is a big month coming up for the Lakers. There's a lot of tough games on the schedule. So yeah. before we go ahead into all the stu other stuff we're going to talk about, because there's some other stuff TJ and I want to talk about, I want to first get your thoughts on the month ahead 
Didn't start off on the greatest of notes with a bad second half against Dallas, but there's more positivity, I believe, on the horizon because they are 17-3. and three. They could be in much worse spots. Yeah. We've been bad for so many years now. This is a great sign for Lakers fans. This is the month to go ahead and prove all the prognosticators and all the pundits and all the reporters all wrong that are skeptical about the Lakers because that's all I've heard for the past few weeks. Wait until December. Wait until December. I want to hear your thoughts on the Lakers in December and how you think they'll perform. You know, the real question comes down to, as as people have mentioned, this is the month to prove make it or break it. I personally am not too concerned with my Los Angeles Lakers getting through the month of December with a, uh, a positive outlook. Uh, I think that people make a lot more out of what it is than what it needs to be. It doesn't change the fact that they have a very, very tough schedule. Let's be let's be very clear. Uh, their next game is against Denver, who has a record of 13 and four. After that, they play the Jazz, who has a record of 12 and eight. Then they go to Portland, uh, who has a losing record. So, you know, we, we'd expect a win there, right? Uh, then we come back home and we play the Timberwolves, who they have a winning record as well. The truth is, the three teams that we've lost to, uh, two of those three teams had winning records. The third team, obviously, being the first team, the Clippers. And they, uh, that was the very first game. So nobody had a losing record. Well, all three teams have, have a winning record. Toronto, yeah. the Dallas, and the, and the Clippers. Right, but when we played the Clippers, it was it was zero zero. So my oh, point in saying that was we were playing <laughs> when technicality, we these, technicality. When we lost to these teams, they were the, those two teams were already winning teams. The Clippers, yes, are a winning team as well, but they weren't winning by the time we played them. Point is, people are starting to question if the Lakers are legit because they've beaten teams that have won. Uh, they haven't beaten teams that have won, but they've and they've beaten the teams that have been losing. I am not so quick to jump on that. Uh, bandwagon uh, as far as saying eh, they're not going to be winning against these teams. I think they're going to still perform against these teams. I think now they're being really tested. I think you're truly going to see what you're made of. And I agree. I think this is going to be a make or break month for them. Uh, let's be very clear. They, they, they lost last night. They lost. That Dallas Mavericks team was playing very, very well. Luka was playing out of his mind. He really was. He was playing out of his mind. And it really showed in that second half. The Lakers' defense fell apart. And Luka Doncic just really kind of came in. And he came to bring it to the Lakers. And that's exactly what he did. He came to bring it to his his idol in LeBron James. Uh, he just acted a fool. So I'm completely okay with the, the fact that we lost to that team that was playing out of their mind. Will we lose to that team out of seven-game series? I don't believe so. Not at all. But did we lose to that team? Yes, we did. You know what? Laker Tom had the same exact sentiments that you did that in a seven-game series, if they were to match up in the playoffs, because you know what? Everybody out there, Dallas is legit. They're a playoff team. I I don't think there's anything that's going to happen to them that's going to dissuade from that outside of a Luka injury. If a Luka injury happens, that's the same thing if LeBron and AD get hurt. I mean, that's going off the rails. But, you know, I'll tell you what. Right now, when it comes to what's going on, with the Lakers, they've been very effective up until this point, going ahead and just making sure that they have an even more efficient offense that they've had in the past couple of weeks. So those are some good signs going into December. Yes, defensively, they've, they've slipped a little bit, but you know what? It, it still can go ahead and be that factor going forward in the Western Conference. I think they can go ahead and, and really 
face up against these four model teams and go ahead and be part of something special in December. And you know what? Make it out not only with a winning record, but a very good record. In fact, still stay on top of the Western Conference. And like Laker Tom was saying, and also what TJ Johnson was also alluding to as part of what's going on with the Lakers in December. But I'll tell you what right now, TJ, when it comes to the Lakers, one of the things I did ask Laker Tom was not a consistent third player coming on right now. I know Kuzma was supposed to be that individual. He's had some time now, and he did have a five-game stretch where it looked like that was going to be the case. But, you know, still at this point in time, it's not been 100% there. His shooting percentage is still not there yet. And I want to hear your thoughts. Should Melo have been the option? Because you and I wanted to go ahead and discuss this as soon as I saw it come across the plate, that he was just announced the Western Conference Player of the Week. This guy was playing at the YMCA this time last month. Okay. It was actually a lifetime fitness. It wasn't the YMCA. But the point is, let me answer your first question because I'm excited. I am excited about Melo. Should it have been Melo? I don't know. I don't think it should have been Melo. And here's why. We really do need to be able to develop our young talent. Um, you look at what happened with uh, Kobe's last season. You know, you had the D'Angelo Russell. You had all these young players who were expected to kind of be the future, and they all took a backseat to Kobe's last season, his farewell tour, and it, it turned from developing their youth to give the, Kobe the ball every chance you get. So we really do, as a as an organization, need to start developing our young talent. And that's going to take repetition. That's going to take time out there on the court. That's going to take some failures. It's going to take some wins, some losses. Experience is the greatest teacher. They're going to need all that experience. Kyle Kuzma, still coming off that injury. He still had an injury. Uh, uh, he had the injury in the preseason that kind of kept him out after a world competition. And then he had that that what looked a whole lot worse, scary eye uh, poking. So, you know, Kuzma's got to get himself back into a rhythm. Um, I really do think he could be a third option off that uh, off uh, as far as the scoring is concerned. Rajon Rondo's actually been scoring pretty well. I wanted to tell you that. I know how you feel about Rajon, but he's actually been scoring the ball pretty well. We're not going to get into it because I don't have time for you. I don't, I don't have time for you right now. We're not going to okay. do that. But- shooting close to <laughs> shooting close to forty five percent from the three point line. I'm to tell you, man. Uh, you know, you take that what it's worth. You see, let's see how it is in January. This time January, let's see if it goes off the cliff. I know you and I and Laker Tom and all Lakers fans get nervous when he goes shot happy. So I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And then his defense, you know, oh, he's still not. We're not talking about his defense, Gerald. Okay. We're not talking about okay. his defense. So you can't, you can't defend his defense. Oh, he can't defend his defense, clearly. It's not the point. point is he's actually been a pretty decent option as far as the offense. And I don't know where KCP came from all of a sudden, but thank you for showing up for the last two, three years. That's Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Anyways, yeah, I mean he's been playing solid, so I, I, I'm not, I'm off his case for now. For now, I'm not. He's not getting a complete pass from me. But for now, yes, you're okay. Carmelo Anthony winning it was the Player of the Week honors for uh, last week, helping the Trailblazers go to a three and zero week. It's exciting, and it's exciting for this reason. Uh, and I don't like to give the Clippers a lot of credit, but Paul George said something that I thought was very, very insightful. There's been this narrative around Carmelo Anthony. And I'm excited because um, he's getting to kind of prove people wrong. But also, you get to kind of change the narrative. You get to change the fact that everybody was saying, you know, he can't play anymore. He's not the. He's not coachable. He's not willing to accept roles. And granted, he walked into a really, really sweet situation. He walked into being a starter again because of by kind of default. Um, 
and he's worked himself back into a great rhythm, dropping 25 against the Bulls and, and and playing much, much better basketball. And you can tell the way his game has kind of evolved. He spent a lot of time working on being able to make quick decisions after getting the ball, not holding on to the ball, not allowing defenses to collapse on him, not waiting to see what the defenses do, but taking what the defense has given him. So he's making very, very quick passes, very quick decisions on taking shots, driving. He's being very aggressive. And I can appreciate that about his game. And what that does is it allows people to see that, the game of basketball can be played through him. He's still able to play the game of basketball. He's still able to be productive. Uh, at 35 years of age, yes, he's 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 not young, young anymore. But at the same token, remind you, he's had the last year and a half of basketball taken away from him, essentially. So he's still got some relatively fresh legs, relatively fresh NBA legs. I'm completely happy with the fact that he got uh, uh, Western Conference Player of the Week. I don't know if he completely deserves it because there's been quite a few players in the Western Conference this week who've been kind of balling out of control. Um, looking James Harden way, dropping 60 points in three quarters. Looked a lot like our boy Kobe. Um, you know, LeBron, AD, all these guys are deserving of it. But it doesn't take away from the fact that because of where Melo was and because of where Melo currently is, I think it's an inspiring story. And there's nothing that people want to see more than a story of inspiration, a story of somebody who pulled themselves up, didn't allow it to, to continue to beat himself down, didn't allow himself to continue to just wallow, and is making the best out of his chance that he's gotten. I'm hoping that it leads to a, a, a halfway decent payday for him, um, even if it's just for one or two more seasons, to kind of be able to have his... He can change the narrative now. You know, the book on Carmelo Anthony was being written, and it was being written by people who weren't Carmelo Anthony. Uh, everybody was writing him off. Everybody was saying whatever they wanted to say about him. And he now has an opportunity to really control his narrative and kind of go out the way he wants to go out and go out and show, hey, I can still come out here. I can still play this game of basketball. I still have the love. I still have the passion. I still have the drive. And I still want to do this. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm proud of the guy. I'm excited for him. I, I was It was so awesome to see him FaceTiming his son after that win against Chicago, um, just getting all kind of love from his kid and it's a great story. It's a great feel-good story, and you just hope that the ending can live up to this. Well, I'll tell you what. I think, as I, I alluded to with Laker Tom, I think because the fact that he was able to step right into a starting role, I think that's why he's flourished. Had he been going to a team, let's say like Houston, or back, you know, back to Houston, or the Lakers, or anyone else where he comes off the bench – I'm not sure that's utilizing his skills at this point in the, in his career as much as I would like to say. I think he needs to start. I just think in order for him to be effective because he has so many limitations in his game otherwise that it's really hard for him to go ahead and be effective coming off the bench at this stage of his career. Well, I think that the, the, the way that he's attacking the basket and I think the way that he's actually scoring would really actually more benefit a uh, bench role and that's not to say that he can't uh that can't benefit a starting role but because he's limited to some of the other things that he can do as far as his defensive abilities as far as his ability to uh catch the backdoor screens and his ability to, to make lateral decisions and lateral movement i actually think it would translate better to a uh, a bench role and this is why he's got the opportunity to get hot really quick now granted he does need touches he needs to be able to shoot the ball and kind of have carte blanche to do so being the leader off of a second unit 
you kind of get that opportunity. You know, if you're the first guy, if you're the sixth man off the bench, look at a Lou Williams. You you've got the you've got carte blanche as far as taking the shots that you want to take to make sure that you get the team going or that you kind of keep a lead going or whatever the case may be. I actually think because he's making smarter decisions with the basketball, much quicker decisions with the basketball. I think he'd actually be better in a bench role. That's not to say that he's not doing fantastic in the role that he's in now. And I think mentally is where he might need to be the starter. And I think that part, you can't take that away. As far as his mentality, he wants to be a starter. So would he have translated well to a bench role because of the fact that his talent may not have translated to that? No, I think his talent would have absolutely allowed him to take a bench role. I think his mentality still is I'm a starter. And I think because he's in the situation he is in Portland, it was really, and that's why I alluded to it before, it was a, it was a win-win scenario for him. He needed the opportunity just to show he can play basketball, and he got to be a starter right off the bat. If he was, again, just a, a bench player, his talent would have still been there, but his mentality to go with the talent might have changed how much talent he was actually able to show. And that's why I don't think he would have flourished in a bench role with any team at this point in time in his career because the fact that He's so fixated on becoming a starter. I mean, listening to his interview that he did while he was a free agent, it just speaks of that he's not letting go what he once was. Mm -hmm. And right now it serves him well. I mean, he's taken that energy, that momentum of getting back into the league, and he's maxing it. He's doing everything he can to maximize the performance, but he needs reps. And I'm not sure if he's get coming off the bench either as a sixth man or a leader off the bench or you know the things that you described. I'm not I say I'm not convinced that you can guarantee him the reps that he would need in a particular type of offense with the Lakers or with anyone else. I mean, let's say he goes to the Clippers, he's certainly not going to get it there, you know. And most other teams, he's certainly not going to get it there. Maybe if he went back to Houston, but then again, that situation was already bad already. So with the Lakers. It's tough to say because the rotations are so variated from time to time because the fact that they're so unstable, for lack of a better term, with their bench at this point in time. So it's really hard to gauge exactly how well he would have performed. But I do, as I said, as I was talking to Laker Tom, I do think he would have been an upgrade over Jared Dudley. <laughs> you know, I feel, I feel bad for Jared Dudley. He's probably one of the nicest guys in the NBA, and he's always the butt of everybody's joke he's always the worst part of the comparison right he's always the (laughs) what he was he was he was called out on it on twitter well he was called on about on twitter by somebody who's not even in the league anymore like let's be fair the guy that made the comment about him royce white i think i'm sorry was it royce Royce white White? it's something like that point is he's not even in the league so for somebody that's not in the league to be able to make that comment i mean granted we're not in the league and we're talking about them but it doesn't change the fact that you know, this guy, he really just kind of sounded like a hater. So I'm not putting too much stake into that. Uh, what I will say, though, is that it's it. I, I, I agree. I do think it would have been an upgrade over Jared Dudley. Um, but I also think that Jared Dudley brought things to the table that Carmelo couldn't do. Carmelo uh, did not, for all intents and purposes, sound like somebody who was willing to take the ch- uh, necessary changes to his game to be able to come off the bench. And Jared Dudley has always been a team first guy. He's proven that in every team he's been in, uh, San Antonio, not San Antonio, excuse me, Phoenix and um, Brooklyn. He's always proven himself to be a team first player. Uh, That's just who he's been. That's his DNA. And that's really what the Lakers needed. So if I'm the Lakers brass, while I would have personally wanted to pick Carmelo Anthony and I could have wanted to pick him for, you know, selfish reasons, to be honest with you, it doesn't change the fact that I probably might have put us in a, in a worse position because I didn't get somebody that was necessarily team first. Now, 
because of his relationship with LeBron, I feel like that would have worked. Um, I feel like LeBron would have, if anybody could have reined him in to get that to work, it would have been a LeBron or it would have been a, a Dwayne Wade or uh, Chris Paul. It would have been one of those guys to be able to make that work. And I, I truly think it could have happened. Obviously, at this point, we'll never know. But it, it, it's nice to be like, ah, I wonder if LeBron could have probably made that work with Carmelo. Um, there would have been a way. And, you know, again, him being able to show up that second unit and it being very clear that, hey, when it's second unit time, that's all you. Like, you've got the green light to get get it done. But within the flow of the offense, don't just turn into hero basketball. Um, allow the offense to still flow. Allow the offense the ball to still move from side to side, from, from end to end. Uh, don't just let it stagnate on one side and let the defense collapse and you try to make a move off of that because you're not that guy anymore. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy <laughs> happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Voice from the underground. Once again, I'm talking to TJ Johnson. You got to check out his awesome show today, Voice from the Underground, with his two great partners in crime. That would be Big Haas and also Jason Dutch, because the way sometimes Jason talks, is it's kind of like a crime. But anyways, you got to check out their great podcast on every single major podcast outlet, especially Apple Podcasts and all the other great stuff that's out there that can go ahead and check out your podcasts on. My friend, before we head on out, I want to hear your thoughts. It is the month ahead. It is that month now that people are talking about that everybody was going ahead and pointing towards. They had like a bullseye on. Wait till December for the Lakers. Wait till December for the Lakers. I heard this ad nauseum as I was telling Laker Tom, as I'm telling you now, as as you've heard, you've listened to all the basketball shows that I have. You listen to all the podcasts and all the stuff on Sirius XM and NBA and all that stuff. Wait until December. That's all I've heard. It is now December. So I want to hear your thoughts. It's now December, especially with the road starting out at Denver, at Utah, at Portland. So the road gets tougher and tougher, uh, leading into culmination into what's coming up this Christmas with the Clippers. And, you know, the the schedule in between is still very tough. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend, on this now December. It's here. It's now. And what are the Lakers going to do about it? Well, you know, the numbers are all very, very even from the standpoint of you got 14 games in December, right? Um, there are 14 games uh, in December. You've only got five of those games at home. The rest of those are all the way. If I'm the Lakers organization, I'm happy if we can come out of December with a record of 10 and four. If we take the four losses, I'm I'm okay with taking about four to five losses if we have to, as long as we come out on a positive end versus the negative end. If we come out uh, with the opposite, you know, five and five and nine or four and ten losses, you know that that's gonna raise my concern a little bit because again, it's gonna show us is this is really gonna show us where we need to shore up at. This is really gonna show us where our deficiencies are and where we need to really look at making adjustments because right now. You know, we've got the, the the new season rust off, if you will. And, 
you know, obviously a player like LeBron didn't have any new season rust, but now we're into the flow of the season. Now we're into the NBA season. This is before the All-Star break. This is before, you know, things start to get boring or things start to, they just kind of start to go through the malaise of the grind of the NBA season. This is still right into the heart. This is right into the good stuff of NBA season uh, before we take a break for All-Star and kind of just the, the, the roll to the playoffs. So, if we can come out of this with a winning record of, like I said, a ten and four or a nine and five, you know, I'm I'm in a much better headspace in regards to where our Lakers can possibly go, and this is really going to tell us what we're looking at as far as the future is concerned. If we come out of this month with a losing record, um, ultimately we'll still have a you know a winning record going into the the uh, the All Star break, if you will, we'll still be sitting at about fifty percent, maybe a little bit more. Uh, so I'm not going to be too 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 like, oh my god. Wave the white flag, call in the the cavalry, whatever the case may be. However, I think at that point it really starts to say, okay, we really need to make a decision. Are we going all in, or are we going to develop our team? What are we doing? Because truth be told, you're not going to get past a Clippers team if you can't get through the month of December with a positive record. I just don't see it, um, and that's just me being honest as a Lakers fan as the Lakers love if we can't get out of this season or if we can't get out of this month with a winning record then it's going to really kind of it's going to sour my look on what the rest of the season can look like or what the the real season the playoffs can look like because we're we're making the playoffs that part I'm not concerned about but when we start getting into the the meat and grind the meat and potatoes of it and the real grind of the playoffs um our our weaknesses are going to get exposed and if we allow our weaknesses to get exposed during this run where we're playing different teams as opposed to playing one particular team and they get exposed by different teams who don't have the time to scout us and to really be able to lock in and hone in on our weaknesses, you know, we're going to be in trouble. Gonna said it better myself, my friend. Once again, it's TJ Johnson from Voice from the Underground. I cannot thank you enough for always being a part of the program now that you've recovered from Black Friday and, you know, the – the wounds are starting to heal and all that. And, you know, the, the, you know, the scars from all the, you know, the casting irons and all the, the TVs and all the stereos and, and all the things that you could get hit by the denim jeans that Costco has like lined up like there. I could see you getting hit by a stack while you're just trying to walk innocently by. So tell you what, my friend, I'm just glad to see that you survived Black Friday in and of itself. And I'm, hoping for more good things for the Lakers down the road and that you can finally focus once again on what's going on with the Los Angeles Lakers. Amen, brother. Appreciate you having me on. Always happy to be a part of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Thank you so much, my friend. Tell you what, good things are going to happen in December. We can feel it right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.